0: For 400 years, God is silent. Not a word. Not a word from the prophets. Not a word from the angels. For 400 years, there's silence. And suddenly, to Zechariah, an angel bursts onto the scene, and God is silent no more. In fact, throughout this Advent season, throughout the Christmas story, God sends multiple messengers, multiple angels to, to break the silence and to give his call that something special is happening. And Zechariah is the first one to receive God's word, God's call, and he's given a call to prepare. The angel says to him, get ready. Get ready. Be prepared. We like to be people who are prepared, don't we? Some of our worst nightmares, some of your worst nightmares are when you're not prepared, right? The night before a big game, you dream that your alarm doesn't go off and you you don't wake up and you miss the bus and the team leaves without you. You're not prepared. The night before a big exam, You have nightmares about showing up for the exam and you forgot that it was exam day and you're not ready or you forgot all your pencils and pens and the exam lays in front of you blank because you weren't prepared. The night before your big presentation for work, you have the nightmare that you show up for work. It's time for your presentation and you're missing some key piece of clothing. I don't know which one it might be, but you got to do the presentation anyways. It's Saturday night going to Sunday and you have the nightmare that you're up in front of church and you forgot to write a sermon. Okay, maybe that's my nightmare, not yours, but it happens almost every Saturday night, right? We want to be prepared, right? And, and now we're in the season of Advent, a time when we prepare for Christmas, for the arrival of Jesus. And, and preparation is a huge part of our Christmas experience, isn't it? Right? Many of us have already started getting ready for December 25 just last Wednesday evening my family went out and we cut down our Christmas tree we hauled it back in got the Christmas music playing in the house and we decorated our tree our tree is up and ready to go those of you who put lights on the outside of your houses hopefully you got your lights up already because it's about to get really cold and the snow is on its way okay you've probably been out shopping you got some of the presents maybe they're already under the tree you're preparing you're getting ready been talking with your parents or your kids about who's bringing what for the Christmas party you're you're getting ready for the feast that's coming in some ways in some ways I think the preparation is half the fun right it brings the anticipation for what's coming I see the presents under the tree and I and I dream about what might be in them and I anticipate opening them I think about the feast that's gonna come. I hear the plans being made for the food that I'm gonna get to eat, because I'm not very good at making it, but I'm really good at eating it, and I can't wait. I think about getting together with family and friends, and, and I'm eager, I anticipate. But good preparation not only builds anticipation, but, but if you prepare well, it also helps you to fully experience the joy of the moment, right? So December 25 arrives, Christmas day arrives, you don't want to be running to find an open store to find out who still has some, some buns that you forgot to buy earlier to bring to the family gathering. You don't want to be doing that. You want to be prepared and ready. You don't want to be wrapping your presents five minutes before they're going to be unwrapped. Do it ahead of time. Be prepared. You certainly don't want to be shopping for those presents on Christmas Day. I know a bunch of you guys will do Christmas Eve. Let me tell you, it's a lot easier if you go early, if you're prepared God's very first message after 400 years of silence. His advent message through the angel Gabriel to the old priest Zechariah was a clear call to prepare. Get ready. You know, we, we saw the scripture passage on the screen there from Luke 1, lived out. We won't read it again, although I certainly invite you today for your devotions. Open Luke 1 and read this section for yourself. Right? We need to be reminded though, to fully understand what's going on here, of of what was happening for Zechariah and for Elizabeth? If we're going to fully appreciate God's call to them to prepare. You see, Zachariah and Elizabeth had been preparing all of their lives. They had been preparing for a child, hopefully, for a son. They had been preparing to be parents, right? They prepared their hearts and their home just just like you families that brought your kids for baptism, prepared your hearts and your homes for arrival of a new child in your family, right? They'd been preparing for their home to be filled with the cries of an infant and the laughter of a toddler and then the incessant questioning of a preschooler and even prepare for the arguing of a teenager. They couldn't wait for that to happen. All of their preparation, though, had been for nothing. For years, they had prepared their heart and their home, and no child came. And so their house remained silent. Their hearts remained resigned and heavy. Now, remember, in that culture, not only did the lack of children deprive them of the joy of having a child in their home, But it also took away their security because it was the children who took care of parents in their old age. But even beyond that, in that culture, not having a child was a sign that you were somehow a disappointment to God. That you had done something in your life. That there was some reason why God had decided not to give you a child. And so all society All the, their neighbors and their friends They may not speak it out loud But the glances are clear to Zachariah and Elizabeth As they look at them a little askance And say something's wrong with you What did you do? How did you How did you disappoint God That you don't have a child? Read the Old Testament stories, right? There's Old Testament stories of, of Sarah and Rebecca and Rachel and Hannah, all of whom didn't have children. And you can read there in those stories about the taunting, about the disdain, about the judgment that's aimed at those women and their husbands. Zechariah and Elizabeth read those stories. And all four of those stories end with, with God miraculously giving those women a child. And they had long since given up that that would be the end to their story. They are well beyond the years when they could have children. They didn't expect a miracle child anymore. They simply expected to remain childless. They expected to carry their sorrow with them for the rest of their lives. So they lived out their lives, just the two of them. Zechariah filling his days... As a a priest serving in his hometown. So Zechariah prepared daily. He prepared not to be a father, but prepared to be a priest. He prepared for the work of serving God as a priest. And part of his preparation was to join his, his fellow regional priests two times a year... ...to go and serve in the temple in Jerusalem. Two times a year they would, they would go as a whole group... ...and they would serve for a week as priests in the temple in Jerusalem. And they prepared for that well. And they prepared for the moment that that could happen during those weeks. Because while they were serving in Jerusalem in the temple... ...which is a great honor... ...there was a chance that they could be even more highly honored. Because every morning and then every evening... By lot, a name was drawn of which priest would go into the Holy of Holies to present incense to the Lord. It was literally a once-in-a-lifetime experience that some priests never got to do. And on this shift, all of Zachariah's preparation paid off. His name was drawn to go into the Holy of Holies. Now think about that for a moment, what that meant for Zechariah. Of course, for any priest, that's a huge honor. But remember, this is Zechariah, who everybody looks at doubtfully. Right, God, what did you do that God would disapprove of you? You have no children. Something's wrong with you. And here, with his name being drawn, is God saying to Zechariah, I approve of you. I affirm you. I choose you. And Zechariah was ready. He knew what to do. He knew how to do it. He was prepared. What he wasn't prepared for, though, is what happened when he got there, into the Holy of Holies. Luke tells us, That he was startled and gripped with fear when suddenly the angel Gabriel appeared next to the altar. Right? You know, I think about that. Even though often we wish that the Bible would give us a description of what angels look like, about what it might be like if an angel appeared to us, part of me thinks that I'm glad that we don't. Because every time an angel shows up, It's a terrifying experience, right? The first words that that the angel speaks to Zachariah, do not fear. Okay, fast forward in the story and the angel appears to Mary. Guess what the first words that the angel speaks to Mary are? Do not fear. Read forward even further. The angels appeared to the shepherds out in the fields. And the first words to the angels to the shepherds, do not fear. Go way to the end of the story. Jesus Watch out of the tomb alive The angel rolls the stone away right? The An angel sits on that stone The women come to the tomb And they see this angel sitting on the stone And I bet you can guess What the first words of the angel's speech were They were Well done An angel's a terrifying experience To see one So maybe I'm glad we don't get a description But when Zachariah finally recovers From the From the the fear and terror in his heart. What he hears from Gabriel is a clear call from God to prepare. He, the angel Gabriel, calls Zechariah calls Elizabeth, together to get ready for the big moment that's about to come. A moment that that he won't want to miss. Verse thirteen. He says, "Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth." will bear you a son. And you are to give him the name John. And he will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. I can summarize what Gabriel said. Gabriel basically looked at him in the eyes and said, Get ready. Get ready, Zechariah. Prepare the baby's room. Prepare the midwife. Prepare yourself not to get a good night's sleep for three or four years. Because a baby is coming to you and your wife. You're going to be a father. It's a big, big moment for Zechariah. I'm not sure you heard anything beyond you're going to have a son. Get ready. Be prepared. But we really can't miss, we can't miss the even bigger moment here. Yes, they need to prepare themselves for this miracle child that's going to be theirs. But they also need to prepare themselves for who their son is going to be. This unexpected child of theirs is not just going to be a delight and a gift to his parents. This child is going to be a gift to the whole nation of Israel. This child is going to be a gift. To the whole world. This child, Gabriel says, is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And is going to prepare this world for the coming of a Savior. He will prepare them for Jesus. See, God isn't giving Zachariah and Elizabeth just any child. This son of theirs is the last of the Old Testament prophets, right? The Old Testament prophets that always point forward to someday. Someday God will send a Messiah. Someday God will send a Savior. That's what the Old Testament prophets do. He's going to be the last of the Old Testament prophets to say, not only someday, today. And there he is. He's going to be the first of the New Testament prophets to say, there he is. The savior we've been waiting for. Be ready. Get ready for God's work to be fulfilled, for his promises to be answered. God's message through the angel Gabriel, here at the start of Jesus' birth story, is get ready. Be prepared for the awesome work that I am about to do. And so that's exactly what Zechariah does. Zechariah spends the next month silently preparing for the arrival of his son. Silent because God takes away his voice when he wonders if, if that could even be possible. Elizabeth spends, spends the next five months set apart preparing. Listen to this. If you read through this story, this is what you're going to read at the very end in verse 23 through 25. It says, when his time of service was completed, Zechariah returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and has taken away my disgrace from among the people. She prepares. They prepare for this miraculous birth. They prepare to raise this child. They prepare for all the joys and the struggles of being a parent. And they prepare to let their child go. Because they recognize that he's not theirs to hold on to. They know from God's word, from the promises given through Gabriel, that he has a calling from God to be that voice calling in the wilderness, to be the one who introduces the Messiah, to be the one who prepares God's people to meet their Savior. And through their son John God called the people of Israel And still today he calls you and me He calls us To prepare our lives Prepare your life To be transformed By God's son, our savior, Jesus Christ And if you keep reading the story If you know the story you know that the people of Israel didn't prepare very well. John called to them, right? He was the voice in the wilderness. He made sure that they didn't miss this God moment in history. And they refused to listen. They did miss this moment. They beheaded John to silence him. They crucified Jesus To get rid of him. They heard the call to get ready. They heard the call, be prepared. Here comes the Messiah. And they didn't listen. Their nightmare came true. They'd been dreaming and waiting for a Messiah for so long. And when he came, they weren't ready. I'm going to guess that this Christmas season, this Advent season, many of us here today will hear the call to get ready, right? The call to prepare ourselves for the transforming work of God that He's doing. And we won't listen either. And we will not be ready for the work that God wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. I'm not talking about not being ready for December 25 when it comes. We'll be ready for that, right? We'll be ready with the tree. We'll be ready with the presents. We'll be ready with a feast on the table. We'll be ready for worship, right? On that Christmas morning, we're going to come here. We're going to be ready with a worship service to celebrate. I I don't doubt that any of us won't be ready for Christmas Day. We'll be ready. But will we be prepared for the arrival of of Jesus and what that really means in our lives. Seriously will we be ready for that? For the bigger moment. right? Theologian N.T. Wright, when he reads the story of Zechariah he summarizes it in this way. He says this story is so much more than Zechariah's joy at having a son at last. Or Elizabeth's exaltation of being freed from the scorn of the mothers in the village. It's about the great fulfillment of God's promises and purposes. But the needs, hopes, and fears of ordinary people are not forgotten in this larger story. Precisely because of who Israel's God is. The God of lavish, self-giving love. When God acts on the large scale... He takes care of the small human concerns as well. Right? And there's there's two stories here. And we can miss God's greater gift in the Zacharias story when we focus only on the gift of the Son, the gift of John. We can miss the fact that John, their miracle child, points to the bigger gift, points to the true gift, points to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came to take away the sin of the world. And so this first Sunday in Advent, this is a time of preparation. And you and I are now called by God, just like Zechariah was. We're called to get ready. We're called to be prepared. And so often we do, we answer that call, Every December by trimming the tree And stringing the lights And hanging the wreaths And buying the presents And lighting the candles And baking the Christmas cookie And planning the parties And we say, there, we're ready We prepare for Christmas Day And we totally miss the bigger story We totally miss the bigger moment We miss the arrival of our Messiah Our Savior, the King Oh we give it a cursory nod right? We come to worship on Christmas morning But actually for many of us That's still tradition That's more about singing the songs Than really about the true arrival of Jesus We can spend the next 21 days Preparing for all of our Christmas festivities And totally miss the bigger moment Totally miss the bigger gift Some of us will So let's ask this morning, what what does it mean for us to truly prepare for Jesus? And how is that different from preparing for Christmas? What's the larger story that often gets lost in our smaller Christmas story? The larger story, the bigger moment that we need to celebrate, that we need to prepare for... The larger story is that a king has arrived and we need to be ready for his arrival. Jesus comes as our king and that means he has control. Are we ready for that? It means he has control not just of your eternal destiny in the future and not just of your Sunday mornings and not just of, of the little religious part of your life. It means he has he is king that has control over all of your life. It means he has control over your time. Not only your your Sundays, but he has control over your whole weekend and your whole weekdays as well. He has control of your time at work and your time at home. He has control of you when you're in the restaurant or the bar, when you're at the football stadium, when you're walking the mall, all of your time, all of your life belongs to him as king. It means he's king over all of your resources, your whole bank account, your whole retirement account, your car, your house. He has control over what you put in the offering plate and what you don't put in the offering plate. It means he's king over your family. Your, your plans for the future that you make for yourself, for your, for your family, for your kids, for your grandkids, they aren't yours, they belong to him because he's king and he has control The question comes, are you prepared? Are you prepared to let Jesus be your king and to give him full control over your life? What does it mean for you this Advent season to be prepared for that? That's the larger story. The larger story, the bigger moment is that a Savior has arrived and we need to be ready for that. There is now a way for you and for me to be made right with God once and for all. And it's not because we're good enough. It's not because you're, you're better than most. It's not because we've somehow earned God's favor because believe me, none of us have. None of us are good enough. We can be made right with God because Jesus came, because he was born, because he lived, because he died, because he rose again, because he ascended and sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. We can receive his forgiving grace all because of what Jesus has done. And now we need to be prepared to receive it, right? Are you? Or have you said, ah, forget about it? Are you missing the gift of a savior? Are you ready to come with true confession? More, more than just, the, and forgive us our many sins, amen, that we, we whip off quick before dinner. Are you truly ready to do business with God and say, God, here's where I'm broken. Here's where, where I fail, and I'm truly sorry. And are you ready? Because the part of confession is just saying, I'm sorry, and I'm going to try better from now on. Are you truly ready to do business with God and say, I'm going to try and set aside my sin, even those favorite sins, because we all have them, those sins that we really don't want to get rid of, those sins that we enjoy. Are you ready to say, God, help me set those aside? And are you prepared not only to receive that grace, are you prepared to give that grace to the people who have hurt you, to the people who need grace to be given from you, Are you prepared for the arrival of Jesus the Savior in your life? Are you prepared to give him your guilt and to give him your grievances? Are you prepared to truly receive his grace and to give away his grace? That's the larger story. The larger story, the bigger moment here is the truth that when Jesus arrives, hope arrives. Hope has come to earth. And are you prepared to put your hope in Jesus instead of your own ability? Instead of your own power? Instead of your own success? Instead of your own goodness? Are, are you finally ready to say, you know, I can't hack this. My best works leave me hopeless, leave me hurt. Without a Savior. I will find my true hope only when I see Jesus. Are you ready to let Jesus be your only hope and to put your trust in Him? Or are you going to keep struggling on your own? Are you going to keep trying to do it all by yourself? Are you going to miss the call? Are you going to find out too late? You're going to find out too late. That you're unprepared. There's a bigger story here. I don't want you to miss. Right? The countdown to Christmas has begun. You've got 21 days to prepare. And so we start this Advent season the same way that God started that first Advent season before Jesus was born with a call to each one of us to prepare. Get ready. Are you ready? Get ready. Yes, get ready for the parties. Yes, get ready for the presents. Yes, get re- get the, get all the tree and all, get all that ready fine. But please don't miss the bigger moment. Don't miss the bigger message. What do you need to do to be ready? To be prepared for the arrival of a king. For the arrival of your savior. What do you need to do to be ready to put your hope in Jesus? What do you need to do so that you won't miss it? The bigger moment. How do you need to prepare? Be ready. Be prepared for what really matters this Christmas. Do you pray with me? God, I don't dare ask for an angel visit because I'm not sure that I want an angel visit. But I do ask for every single one of us here for a visit from your Holy Spirit, a conviction in our hearts and in our minds. Because many of us here have heard the story of Christmas, the story of Jesus the story of his arrival, his death, his resurrection, the story of his his saving grace offered to us. We've heard it so many times. We've heard it so often that honestly we really don't care anymore. And we aren't even prepared. We aren't ready for the amazing transforming work that you want to do. That you've offered to do in us. Father, we aren't prepared. Like the people of Israel. We're missing you. And that's tragic. That's a tragedy for this life. And that's a tragedy for eternity. We're lost without you. And so I ask that your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts and in our minds. Convict and convince us once again. Give us the call to prepare so that we won't continue to miss you and the hope that you give and the forgiveness that you offer and the salvation that you so generously give to us. For the next 21 days, Fathers, we prepare for Christmas Day when we see the trees and the wreaths. When we see the lights and the candles When we see the presence And we hear the music May all of those Signs of Christmas Be a call to us To prepare For the bigger moment To receive your grace And to receive your Savior Jesus Christ It's in his name that we pray Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Worship team, would you come forward? We're going to respond in song, and we're going to invite.